Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of Wants to Watch is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing, providers of high-quality boxing equipment. And today, I want to talk about the Power Focus Pads. Now, they are focus pads that are ideal for training your boxing students and also for boxing training as well. They've got extra thickness and they're very, very shock-absorbent. This pad is ideal for getting them big hooks, big right crosses, the big uppercuts, the great selection of shots thrown by fighters. So, guys, go over and check them out at www bearattackboxing.co.uk go and check out their new product which is the power focus pads only 24.99 get over there check them out check them out on social media at bear attack boxing on facebook instagram and twitter Fight fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your host, me, Sean Basto. And I'm here to bring you today's episode of Wants to Watch. This is episode 3 of series 2. And today's episode is with Mahib Fazeldin. He's currently 13 and 0, just finished his 13th professional fight the day before we recorded this episode. So he's had 14 fights, 13 wins and one draw on his record. We're going to be talking to him about his journey into boxing, how he started out up at the Ingle camp under Brendan Ingle, how he moved on throughout his career, taking advice from the likes of Nazim Hamed, what got him into boxing, the journey through boxing, the professional turnover, the changes he's had to face 
and just the 100% positive mental attitude that he has. Really enjoyed recording this episode with Mahib. I really hope you guys enjoy the episode. But before we get into it, please go and check us out on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. And there's only one thing I want you to do before you start listening to this episode, or even at the end of the episode, go and find us on one of the platforms that our podcast is on. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Player FM. We're on everywhere. Please go and subscribe to us. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. It truly helps us. We really, really appreciate it. So here it is, the next episode of Wants to Watch, episode three of series two with Mahib Fazeldin. Delighted to say I've got Mahib Fazeldin on the line for episode three of Wants to Watch. Mohib, fresh off the back of a great performance. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. So you're fresh off your 13th victory, which uh, only happened last night as we were obviously recording this. So quickly then, before we get into the, the concept of this Wants to Watch episode, how, how do you feel fresh off the back of another victory last night? To be honest with you, it's, it's a good feeling. Winning is always a good feeling, but it's just another day in the office to be to be for, yeah, just looking forward to the next one. Now, like today morning, I've woke up at like five or six. If you check my Instagram, when I was running again, went for a run straight away in the morning. Straight back at it, no rest. Straight back at it, no rest, no rest for the wicked. That's it, that's it. So the concept of our ones to watch series is we want to find out a little bit more about you. We want to know who you are. We want to know obviously your journey into boxing. So the first question I always ask all the guests that come onto the show is to to to, to find out what it was that actually got you into boxing. Well. It's a funny story because I, I'm originally from Sheffield, where Prince Naz is from. I'm from the same background, we're both Yemeni, and I, we personally know Prince Naz and family know each other's family. So, yeah, I grew up watching Naz and everything, but I've always been into boxing, but growing up, I never took boxing serious because he needed too much discipline. Went to school, started being a hyperactive kid, fighting on the street and everything, so then ended up going to a anger management gym to, for boxing then. Never looked back since, to be honest with you. So, most people growing up, especially in this day and age, there's, there's, there's not enough around for people to get into, is there, these days? There's not enough people to actually do. People are on the streets and they're causing trouble. And Was was that kind of the way you was? Was it was it a case of... Yeah, like, had... it, where I come from, it was just like, you can't not cause trouble, you can't not be doing mischief. It's just like, it's a ritual, to be honest with you. I come from Pittsmore and Sheffield, and that was just... The life would live kind of thing there if you look it up it's everyone had you had to go through that you know what I mean growing up it's just a must kind of thing so there was no it was just like you were trapped in a system kind of thing you know what I mean unless you had to break the cycle and it was very challenging to do so but boxing helped me with that challenge and kept me away from stuff like that can you remember what it was like the first time he stepped through the doors of the gym yeah I remember I can remember it was um First of all, when I went with school, it was the anger management where it was at Glen Rhodes Gym. But and then when I started boxing officially, I started at Brendan Ingalls Gym back in two, well, back in like 14 years ago, to be honest with you. Brendan never let me jump in the ring straight away. He made me do like the lines footwork for like a few hours. And I'm like, what's he making me do that for? And then he'd come and go, look, I'm going to go home, get a coffee. And he'd come back an hour later doing the footwork. because okay, you're done. 
now come out, pick up stuff from the street. Like he'd make us go up and down, pick up uh, litter from the street. That's his building my my discipline and stuff. I did that for like two weeks. Then he started taking me on pads. Then he made me start doing body sparring. Then just had to work your way up from there. So there was a, a strict process in Brendan yeah. Ingalls gym of how you got to a certain level with where you were at in the gym. So it sounds really to interesting. Be honest with you, if I'm gonna rephrase, they're not in the gym in just Brendan Ingalls ways. God rest his soul in peace. It was just a different caliber of a man but if you go to the gym now i think they won't be the same way as when he was around yeah 100 percent. obviously appreciate you know dominic's trying to trying to he's living in a, a massive shadow isn't it he? but he's in his own right he's a fantastic trainer as well no he does his thing like john with dominic was working from because he's doing his own thing he's, he's a shadow but he's not trying to follow the footsteps of his dad which is that's why it's working for him i think if he does what brendan used to do would probably never work for him so what he's doing now perfect working perfect for him so Amateur career, what sort of amateur career did you have? I've had a good amateur career, you know, because growing up, I, uh, when I was amateur, I think Kel was still British champion, Junior was the WBC champion. Um, we used to spar with these guys to the body, like, we'd be in the gym and sparring to the body a lot, so we'd spar with these guys and me, it was me, Kit Galhad, we used to spar a lot as well. Atif Shafi, some decent names are doing really well at the moment, the pro Jordan Gill was there and uh, Lee Wood was there, so we're doing good, we're doing well, we're just learning the future. And these guys were ahead of me in the game. They were, they were in the game like they lived the life of a boxer. I just come into sports. So I was learning a lot from these guys. So I've done, I've had, I think, is it 25 or 35 amateur? I can't remember, but I've kind of only lost five or six. I've won CYPs. I've won junior titles. I've won like Yorkshire titles like seven, six times. But I've done well. I've done, not done like Olympic level well, but I've done well. So you made your pro debut 2012, transitioning over from the amateur style to the professional style. Most people that I speak to say exactly the same thing. They always say once they've had that first pro fight, it's always, I was meant for the pros, I was always meant for the pro style. Did you find that was the case with you? Do you know what? I don't think there's meant for a pro, there isn't, because as a pro style, you just, as an amateur, you're taught the style. As a pro, your trainer will adapt to your style, so everyone can, is meant to to be pro if you know what I mean the only difference is it's just the confidence but me if you watch my first fights on YouTube like I thought that was my world title but I was just showboying every skill I had in the book so yeah I enjoyed it I really enjoyed it because growing up with uh, growing up to Naz and all this I've always wanted to become a professional boxer but due to the way I lived and the people I was around the company I kept never allowed me to take boxing very too serious until I was what 16 17 then I took it serious then I turned pro after a few years after the game so that's why it was kind of a late transition but yeah I've always wanted to become a pro boxer so here we are and here we are. So let's just briefly run over then, obviously, what your, your career has been like over the past seven years. Seven years now as a pro. How, how quick have them seven years gone by for you? Fucking hell, is it seven years? Yeah. Wow, feel old. <laughs> seven years as a pro. So third fight, you you got a draw. Uh, talk to me about that. Talk to me about your memories of that draw that's on your record. Yeah, you know what? If you got boxer in front of you, I believe and I know I don't believe I won that fight. But because I was meant to be, it's kind of, I don't want to go into details, but it was kind of a little set up by, because I boxed the guy that was in the same gym as me. We was trained, both trained by Dominic Ingle. So, and I, he could sell tickets, I couldn't sell tickets. And I boxed him at Blue Water, which is London and I was based in Sheffield. So I think, I think I clearly won the fight. So that's why me Kennedy at that time or said, you know what, I'll put it on TV and they'll have a rematch. So my second fight straight away after that draw was against the same guy yeah. on Channel 5 Live, which I stopped him in the first round when I boxed him in Rotherham. Me- Magnus- Mega- 
Is it Magnus? Yeah, Magnus Center. Yeah, Magnus sent him in Rotherham, yeah, and then... Yeah, stopped him in the first round, and I think uh, left Ingles after that fight, and uh, took another... The reason why I had a seven-year seven year career, and I'm not I'm not a household name already, is just because I had lots of gaps in my career, due to being unlucky with management teams, to be honest with you. Not, not talking anyone down, but just certain managers won't give me the right fight at the right, so... I left in girls and there was my managers at the same time. So I joined Ali Hamid, which is Naz's brother. I trained with him for a year before signing with uh, Dennis Hobson as a man. I think my hardest fight to date was that Barrington Brown. I still remember it till today. Give me a top fight. Then after Barrington Brown, I boxed for the title. Was NG, uh, both undefeated kids, and that was the Central Area title. Uh, one of the biggest fights that happened in Sheffield. If you look at the records, and yeah, it was a massive fight, massive, uh, massive turnout. So I beat him in the first round. Then went on to box another kid, stopped him in the second round. And then again, was left on the bench for a few because I got promised a title. Title never came in. I got promised a Commonwealth title. Still got the posters. Title never happened. So and then I went to America. I boxed twice in America. Come back here, <clears throat> signed with Mervin. Had uh, two or three fights with Mervin. Then again, left out for a year. And now I'm back here now. That's my first fight after year. So you've recently signed with Frank Warren as well. And obviously one yeah, of the biggest, yeah, biggest promoters in the Frank UK. Warren, last year. No, he's not promoting me anymore. I'm not with Frank Warren anymore. Nothing has happened. We didn't have no fallouts or anything. It's just because my manager got me the deal and uh, it just didn't, didn't fall through after because I've moved managers with Mervin, uh, from Mervyn Turner to uh, Steve Goodwin. And uh, it just didn't, didn't, it wasn't, it just didn't happen, you know. You know, one yeah. of them things that's not written. Yes. It sounds like, like, from what you've explained, that you've had a lot of issues which people face uh, as a professional, and it happens a lot, which is people trying to get the, the fights they want at the right time, and, and sometimes they're not able to get them fights. But sometimes it's reasons out of their own control. So it sounds like you've had a lot of this going on throughout your career. To be honest with you, I don't think it's my... Uh, I'm, I'm being honest. Like it's, I see it as... I don't blame the managers, I don't blame no one, I just blame it's, it's written, you know, we, everything happens for a reason, yeah. and that's that, like, I can't, what am I going to sit and hold a grudge against a manager, he's probably got better things, so he's probably got to look after other fighters that are selling 10 times more tickets as me, so he's generating more money there, why would he waste his time with me? It's a business end of the day, and you know, business, there's no love or hate in business, so I just got to take the good with the good and the bad with the bad, you know, no no negative energy, wish everyone the best. And it's good, it's a, it's a good mental attitude to have towards the sport, because at the end of the day, most people don't realise the sport at the end of the day is ju- is a business more so yeah. than it is a sport, and I've always believed that, and, and obviously it shows with, with certain instances, so obviously now you've just said you with Steve, you had your uh, first, was it your first fight last night with Steve? Yeah, first fight, so, and hopefully, yeah, I'm seen him this week and uh, um, I've had the reason I joined Steve because I've heard a lot of good good vibes about him like everyone that's worked with him said no one said anything uh, when I say good as in he keeps all his fighters active he works from from journeymen to gatekeepers to prospects to champions so he's keeping everyone active which is a win-win situation for me you know what I mean I can be active and now I can sell more tickets I can be more out there so I just can't wait to start working with Steve I know I started to learn the business now yeah I'm a, I've learned it late I've learned the business I know the crack sometimes you might need to invest in your own self you know what I mean so it is where it is it is so you, you still obviously you're four, 14 fights in now you're, you're an undefeated fighter at this stage of your career now you've had some obviously ups and downs changes of promoters and management ideally going forward what, what do you see for yourself now in the these next 12 months i spoke to goodwin uh, just after my fight and mr goodwin said we're gonna sit down and plan a, 
uh, before I signed with him, we planned, uh, we've kind of rolled out what we want to be doing. But tomorrow, yesterday, I spoke to him. We're going to sit down this week and hopefully we're going to sit through a plan. And I want a title next, to be honest with you. I want some sort of title. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm area champion, former area champion, international American champion. Um, I just want some international title or something. Because to be honest with you, no disrespect, I'm not really too focusing too tough on the English British scene, to be honest with you. Because like you said, I've been a pro for seven years. I should have won this title two, three years in. And the time has passed. So me fighting for the British or English, that's me taking a step back into my career. Uh, no disrespect to the title. I want to move on to world honours, hopefully. And then if I can get a chance when I'm fighting for an international title or something like that, I can get a chance so a fight can be made for a British. Why not? It'll be an honour to fight for it. But the end goal, the end result is to be fighting for a world title and winning a world title. And like I said, it's just a business. If they offer me a mil for a British title and hundred grand for a world title, I'm going for the British title. Simple as that. Yeah, and it's a smart move because obviously at the end of the day, it's about securing your financial future. Uh, some people might have took that risk. But you know, one interesting bit of information, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you talk about obviously going straight for the world, you know Chris Eubank actually never won a British or Commonwealth title or European title. He ended up Prince going straight. Never. Straight for the world. I, I never knew that about Prince Naz, so you've just enlightened me, so there you yeah, go. Prince Naz never, I mean, you can't never won a British title, you know what I mean? I don't think Lennox Lewis won a British title. There's a lot of people, do you know what it is? British, British is a very prestigious classic belt, and I believe British is so underrated where people fight for it just before a world title. I think you fight for, because now there's so much bodies in the box and so much governing bodies, you can be ranked as a world a world title contender through these international and intercontinental titles. I think after that, once your British title should be a fight or two before you go for the world title. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I believe it's a prestigious title. But now people fight for the area title, English title, British title, and then Commonwealth, European, world. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think you probably get harder fights in British than the world scene. But it depends who you fight in a British, to be honest with you. But at the moment, I don't see... I don't know, man. It's, it, it, it's, it's funny. It's funny how it works because, like, so much governing bodies in, in the world in the world of boxing now. Like, I just... I'll leave it to Mr. Goodwin's hands and I'm sure he can get me some sort of international or intercontinental title. Hopefully, within the next 12 months, like he said, I want to be ranked at world level. Maybe not fighting for the world title, but ranked among that at least in the top 20 in the world so do you think looking around domestically in your division looking at some of the names that are there do you think if you were to step into the ring with, with say one of them tomorrow you'd, you'd you'd think you'd had enough experience in your professional career to date to be able to actually beat the them the British and the Commonwealth Super Bantamweight champion is I think if I'm not wrong is uh, what's his name again uh, Brad Foster or someone like that yeah yeah Mate, listen, I'll jump in tomorrow with him. Do you know what I mean? That I'll jump in tomorrow. I'll jump in with, with anyone. Do you know what I mean? I'm a fighter. I've grew up fighting. You know what I mean? That's all I know. Do you know what I mean? Some people grew up. There were times I had to go to the gym with a Tesco bag. You know what I mean? So I'm not here to tell a story about my past, but I know I keep that to myself. That light in the fire within. People didn't have it as hard as I had. And I'm not the only one that's had it hard. I know people. I know a lot of people in the game that's had it hard like me. But I'm telling you, that just pushes. You know what I mean? Majority of people sitting on the top, no, majority of fighters sitting on the top with belts around their waist, they're only there because they can sell tickets, you know what I mean? And so, just being honest. No, that, that there's no way better to be than to be honest about the situation and the way the situation you know I mean? is. You've seen it yesterday, I think, did you say you had fighters, your own fighters, and you probably know a lot about boxing. I know, you know, there's majority of fighters out there that probably quit boxing because they didn't get a chance to showcase their skills due to they can't sell tickets or can't generate certain money. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a shame, but, you know, it is what it is. Keep, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. You've got to be mentally strong and keep pushing. And this is what I mean. Like, this is what I said. I'm looking to invest in myself. I don't mind investing in myself. You know what I mean? So outside of boxing then, 
aside from training uh, and doing all the road work and everything that you need to do to get yourself into that prime physical condition to perform in the ring what else do you get up to out the ring what what do you do to relax it's a lot you know i just sometimes watch watch tv chill with my daughter you know, chill with my daughter is the most relaxing thing i can do i just spend time with my little daughter because i don't see her because uh, she's in sheffield i'm in london due to training yeah but when i see her it's just uh, it's so refreshing Spend time with family, friends. Do you know what I mean? Just stay, anything, anything that's positive. To be honest with you, mate, anything that's positive. Because I've been a lot around a lot of negative things in life, and they give you that negative attitude. So around anything that's positive, just refuels me. Wants me, makes me want to get back in the ring and do them proud. Hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with you. I'm not, I, I can't argue with that mentality whatsoever. So when you go out and you're training, you say you're going on a bit of road work and you're doing a bit of running. Is there anything particular that gets you motivated for it? Is there a certain, say, a, a, an album by an artist or a certain song where you put it on and you think, you know, this is what is going to get me in the mentality to do it? You know what? Is, I believe songs helps you a lot, music helps you a lot, but if you, if it's, it's a person, and this advice to any other boxer, because I got advice by a world, former world champion, this, so I'm going to give it back to the people. If you, if for it to motivate you, you need to listen to music. You're in the wrong sport. Look into your life. Look into the mirror, and that should motivate you. You know what I mean? Unless, unless you're sleeping in silky sheets and jumping a Rolls Royce outside your house. If you, you haven't got that, then boy, you should be running in snow, rain, heat, whatever. And and then that is probably the best piece of advice that you can give to anyone who's at whatever stage of the professional career they're at. Whatever stage, whether yeah. you're a journeyman, you're a champion. And me, I used to think, I used to lay down and think, oh. I can't be asked to go. But you know, it's a former world champion, Naz, me and him talking the regulars. He told me, look, mate, I stopped training and stopped getting hungry when I was sleeping in silky sheets and I had a Rolls Royce outside my house and I had a £10 million mansion. And it says it all, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100% it does. So what's the, what's obviously you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier on, the relationship of obviously you and uh, Nazim Hamed. Uh, how much of an influence on your career has he been? Influence in what way? Like influences in, I loved his boxing style, I like him as a person, as advice. Yeah, he was a very much influence. But influences in the input in my career has had no input in my career. His brother was my trainer, Ali Hamid. But Prince Naz has just always gave me advice and he had never had physical input in my career. But he's always been there for advice and, you know, giving me them little tips like before the fight, you stay up the night before the fight, stay up late so you can wake up late. So when you're in the change room, if you're fighting at the main event, you don't feel sleepy. Little tips like that that help a lot. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was uh, referring to is, is that type of advice, as in someone that you know that's been at such a high level like he was and for some fantastic fighters like he did to be able to give you little tips like that is quite interesting and quite intricate bits of information that not everybody will know about and not everybody will, will get the opportunity to take advice from somebody like that. Yeah, no, 100%. With stuff he says to me, it's like sometimes mind-blowing, like what he went through before the Barrera camp and uh, what he did and what he had to go for where he had to have juice and what happened when everyone righted him off and he become a world champion so inspiring like to think that he come from the road he used to live down the road from me and he lived a similar lifestyle around gang crime and everything like how I lived and he's made it to the pinnacle of the sport that shows anyone can really make it not me not him but anyone can any human being can make it as long as you've got to have the right mindset and everything is positivity so you were talking a little bit earlier obviously when you were up at the uh, the ingle camp and obviously all the, the fighters that have come out of the ingle camp obviously one of them fighting this coming weekend uh, kid galahad barry award fighting this weekend against josh warrington he's finally getting his world title shot 
do you do you know him quite well? Do you know, or is you just you've had interaction with him in the gym or what? What's the relationship? No, I know Barry there? well. I know Barry very very well. Like I know Barry very well. When I was in Sheffield, when I was at the Ingles, we used to talk. We used to go out together. You know, he's a good 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 kid. Good kid. Very good kid. What do you make of his chances against Josh Warrington coming up this weekend? Boy, do you know, it's a sticky one. Like I'm figure and I cut it down the <clears throat> down the pipe, and I think. Kid Galahad, uh, I have no, I know him from inside. Probably majority of you guys won't know him. He's that type of fighter that only performs as good as his opponent. And I think he's never had the chance to show off all his skills and his ability due to his lack of opponent, uh, lack of uh, decency in his opponents. Josh Warrington, on the other hand, he did the same. But as soon as he stepped up the level against uh, Selby and Warrington, uh, Frampton, he showed what he's about. So hats off and salute to Warrington. And uh, he's he's looking in a great. I think he's at his peak. But we can't write up Kid Galahad because we've never seen him in that caliber of opponent. So it's a matter of just waiting about a week, see. Yeah, and I can't wait. It's going to be a great fight. I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, 100%. obviously you're you're from Sheffield, but obviously you're having to base yourself down London, as you were saying earlier. Uh, yeah. That th- that must be. That must be quite difficult for you, being away from your family for for extended periods of time, especially when you've got to train for for so many weeks leading up to a fight. Yeah, man, it's hard. It's very hard, you know what I mean? But we're men in the day. We can't complain, you know what I mean? I've missed my daughter's birthday, I missed her birth, but I can't see and dwell about it. It's just I'm a man in the day and I've got to take the good with the good and the bad with the bad, take it with a pinch of salt and just ride the wave, you know what I mean? I know what there's a treasure at the end of the tunnel, and I can see it, and I'm running towards it, and anything that comes in my way, I'm going to knock it down. Simple as that. So ideally... Know, Go on, sorry. I said, I know what I'm doing it for, really, you know what I mean? I'm doing it for moments like yesterday, I'm doing it for moments like today, to have people like yourself, like, see what I've done, and, you know, say, well done. So, slowly but surely, you're getting recognised by it, and slowly and surely, he's gonna, he's gonna. It took me seven years to get recognised. So, if it takes me another seven years, it might, be, it might take me seven months with Goodwin. It might take me seven weeks. We never know. But boxing, we all know, like Andy Ruiz, was a nobody to the, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. All can turn around in one fight. And I've got a feeling, like I've always had a feeling since I was a kid. I'm, I'm special. You know what I mean? No disrespect to anyone, but I've always had a feeling that I'm gonna stand out. I don't know in what, but I think it's boxing. So ideally then, you're looking at this next 12 months, you said to me earlier that you want to pick up a, a title and you want to start putting yourself onto them world rankings immediately. I'm, I, I'm yes. not. This is going to be a daft question and I'm going to get the answer I, I'm expecting, but <laughs> ult- ultimate ambition for you then, to become a world champion? Nope. What is? To become a millionaire. <laughs> hey, as well as, as well as. You know what it is? Like I said, if they offer me a British title, they say, oh, listen, you got a world title for a hundred grand or a British title for a million. I'm going to go for a British title. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the sport, I'm being honest. That's why I always tell kids that want to join the sport. You have to be educated. Don't think it's a fairy tale. It's not a Rocky Balboa movie. It's not a fairy tale where you're going to turn pro. Like a foot- We're not footballers. We don't turn pro and get millions. We don't turn pro and get free tickets given so we can give our family. We have to turn pro and grind and work our ass to sell tickets. Yesterday, I was selling tickets while I was in the changing room getting my hands wrapped. Wow. Do you know what I mean? So, it's not a fairy tale. So, people, please, if you're looking to start boxing as a career, get yourself educated first. Have a right team around you. Have a good head on your shoulder. Do you know what I mean? So, people, so you know how to deal with certain situations at certain times. I messed up because... I've done well in school, but I ended up going to thinking, join the wrong people, wrong crowd, and getting I was deluded into a wrong lifestyle. Then I joined boxing. I thought, yep, boxing's a fighters game, and I can fight. I can have a little dig. I'm gonna become a millionaire within a few years, and here we are. I ain't a millionaire yet, so it's not easy as people think. 
it's hard. There's a lot of uh, grinding to do, a lot of ticket selling. You have to do a lot of things by yourself. If you're not, if you don't fit the description to be to be the next golden boy, so you gotta grind yourself. Like for example, Dillian White has been grinding away himself. You know what I mean? Till he's he put himself in a predicament. So I think. It's just boxing is a hard sport. But people like yourself, you know, giving us the opportunity, giving us the light, a bit of limelight, always thankful and grateful for people like yourself. And that leads nicely on then to the, the sort of support you're getting and sponsorship because you, what you just said there is, is something I always speak out to, to the guys that come on to the episodes because I know inside out how hard it is for them to graft to be able to get them tickets sold to be able to cover the cost of an opponent to be able to then fight on the night and actually make something on the night yeah, and, and there's a lot of people that, that don't understand the inner workings of boxing in that way so in terms of support and in terms of sponsorships for you how, how has that gone for you throughout your career up to date to be honest with you support wise I've always uh, I've always was a decent ticket seller but yesterday um, I think because I've boxed in London a few times and my name is kind of getting out of there now yesterday was a great support so I'm forever thankful and appreciate and uh, grateful for everyone that came everyone that stayed back even they didn't buy tickets when but stayed back and watched I'm thankful I'm thankful for people like yourself and I'm thankful for Mr. Goodwin and his team for putting me on the show on a, such a good show so yeah I'm very thankful for the support as of sponsorships, we, we all get, every fighter's got a few sponsorships here and there, but I think local companies and big companies should invest in up-and-coming stars rather than ready-made stars, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's hard to tell. Everyone's entitled to how to spend their money. As a sponsor, you invest in your money in something that you like. So look into the fighter. Don't judge the book by cover sitting out of them. Do you know what I mean? But as as a advice from a fighter, invest in yourself. Be your own sponsor. It's hard, but you'll always find a way. If you really want it, you're going to get it. You know what I mean? So find a way. Find one sponsor and sponsor your own self. You know what I mean? It makes life much easier. Yeah, and again, wise words from you there. Really interesting to hear about you know the, the, the advice you've taken on board in the past and the way it's changed your positive mental attitude towards the yeah, sport. And like, towards I'm not going to... Do you know what it is? Boxing, I think, has been going for a long time now mental mental health and if you're not positive boxing can literally do you mentally do you do you in mentally do you know what i mean because you're out here you're missing your family time everything hoping to get to see the light the next day but that light never comes do you know what i mean you can fuck with your head mentally so you gotta you gotta stay grinding you gotta stay hungry and uh, to be honest with you and it, it'll come it'll come boxing's a funny sport it's one of the funniest sport in the world it will come but you just gotta stay focused and you gotta take have a see everything from a positive point of view and that's that. So for the people that have listened to, to you today on this episode and they want to follow your journey and they like your positive attitude, they like the mentality and the mindset of you as a person uh, and they've maybe not had the opportunity to see you in action before, obviously they can go and check you out on YouTube, but if they want to follow your journey on social media, where can they find you? Follow me on Instagram, I'm always on Instagram, at Mohib Fazldin, M-U-H-E-E-B-F-A-Z-E-L-D-I-N and DM me if you want to know anything, if you want to join us at a training session, if you if you want to come to my fight. I'm more, I'm I'm down for the people, man. I'm not I'm not an Anthony Joshua. I'm not I'm not that or oh, humble guy. You know that image. That's not me. But what it is, um, you, you get what you, you see, what you get with me. Do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to I'm trying to do well for my family and for myself and for I'm trying to give back to the people that that are in a similar position as me. You know what I mean? Hopefully, I want to make it at some point in boxing where fighters like myself that need to sell tickets don't have to worry about selling tickets as much as we have to worry because there's not only me put it this way i'm not the only one here that's struggling with selling tickets there's like 
hundreds of fighters are struggling with selling tickets. Yeah. And I said earlier, I am a decent ticket seller. There's people that are not really such a decent ticket sellers. Do you know what I mean? So shout out to them. You're the true soldiers. And we keep on pushing together, man. Boxing, when it's all said and done, we're all a close-knit family and we all know each other and we all love each other. Those certain fighters talk about to be each other and everything, but we all love each other, man. Because we all know it's, we're warriors and end of the day, we're the modern-day gladiators. So it's a hard sport, but... You know what I mean? None of us are right. Like Naz used to say to me, boxers are a human form of cabbages. You know what I mean? So we're not right in the head if you want to get punched for a living, but that's just the warrior in us. It is. And I'll tell you what, I've really enjoyed having you on today and really enjoyed you coming on for our Wants to Watch series to, to find out a little bit more about you and about who you are and where you are and what your ambitions are. And, and, and obviously the, the mindset and the attitude is, is quite refreshing to, to hear. Not like I've not heard it before, but it's nice to hear it from some who's got a clear vision of, of where they want to go not just in boxing but just in life as well yeah 100% man just I, you know if I didn't go through like I said if I have the if I didn't go through what I've been through I would have never been where I am now what I've been through has helped me to get sometimes at that time I was like cussing and fuming but now I think you know what thank you for for, for me being in that position because it puts me so more of the stories man just <laughs> just be happy whatever you got whatever just <laughs> play the cause you dealt with simple as that play the cause you dealt with and just play him you know positively can't argue with that at all well it's been a pleasure having you on thank you so much thank for taking the time much, out Sean. to come on appreciate today appreciate your time man appreciate you having me and appreciate everyone that's listening thank you very much guys make sure you check me out on instagram check out sean's page uh yeah man thank you and make sure you subscribe to goodwin's youtube channel as well yeah here. that's it thank you very much guys and see you soon sean so there you go guys what a really good chat we had with Mahib Fazeldin there it's really good to hear the stories about him training down at the Ingle gym under Brendan Ingle uh, what his methods were like what his mentality was like and I know we'll have heard all this before uh, on various other interviews and uh, podcasts and stories but to, to hear it from someone who actually witnessed and was a part of that is uh, you know is, is quite humbling and also about his career today and the the ups and downs really and obviously the the setbacks of having managers change and promoters change and trying to find someone he can sort of settle with to get his career where he wants it to be so it was really good to hear his positive mental attitude really refreshing to hear his insight into what he believes the sport is all about and and what his ambitions are as a fighter as well it's always good to know that when you get into this sport you've got a certain mentality you've got a certain ambition and he knows where he wants to go so it was really refreshing to, to obviously hear all that from him and here he'd have everything mapped out the way he wanted it to be so that's it guys i hope you've enjoyed this episode as always go and find us on social media it's btr boxing pod on twitter btr boxing pod on facebook as well find us on there like the pages share the episode once it's live make sure you go and subscribe to us on all the podcasting apps that are out there for all our episodes and all our series including this series wants to watch including legendary nights the weekly review the previews for big fights it's all there get subscribing we really really appreciate the support thanks for listening and we'll see you next time
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.